Those of you beauty suppliers out there will definitely want to check out this episode. I speak with Habib Salo, CEO of Young Nails, about how he leverages digital content and social media to stay engaged with his audience, something that's especially critical for those of you in the category that are impacted by the coronavirus pandemic. Now, we definitely get into the weeds on this one, so be sure to get out a pen and a pad because you'll have a lot of good notes to take. Enjoy. Joe Tarnowski here with ECRM, and I have with me today Habib Salo from Young Nails. He's the CEO. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. So before we get into the conversation, what we're going to talk about is the impact of the coronavirus pandemic on the beauty category and what beauty brands can do to kind of stay engaged with their customers because Habib yeah. does an amazing job of that. Uh, but I want to give you a little background on how this came together because uh, as you guys all know in the audience, I am a big follower of Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, most of my content principles or uh, strategies are based on uh, his advice and, and uh, his recommendations. And about a year ago, he launched a company called the Sasha Group, which is like a VaynerMedia, but it aims at helping emerging brands, which is our sweet spot. So I reached out to them. Uh, they started speaking at our programs. Uh, on topics such as marketing and driving brand growth. So it's my connections with them. I started seeing Young Nails content in uh, my LinkedIn feed and they are a Sasha Group customer and they actually are employing a lot of these things. So we're gonna, you know, we're, we're gonna really dig into some of the things they're doing with content. So to start off, give us a little background on your company, what you guys do. Yeah, so we're a manufacturer of professional nail care products. So what we do is um, we make everything for the salon. If you're a salon that does nails, we make all the products for you. So we have our own brand, Young Nails. Uh, we specialize in acrylics, gels. Um, we have nail polish, files, implements, pretty much everything from some of the big things too is uh, sanitation, disinfection, you know, in the salon. That's always been a big thing for us too. Proper preparation, you know, cleanliness, all that stuff. But that's what we do. And our focus is the professional and uh, services. Gotcha. So anything attached to these salons that are all closed right now? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, anything that has to do with salons worldwide, we, we export to around, you know, 40 countries worldwide as well. And then, you know, our distributors there, they sell to uh, salons in their respective countries. And so, um, yeah, right now it's, it's, it's very interesting time to say the least. Mm -hmm. and, and now do you do any mass retail at all or specifically salons? Very little. We have some, we have consumer facing products. Um, well, that's kind of an interesting, I mean, there used to be a defining line between consumer and pro um, with the internet and Amazon and everything. A lot of that, it's very blurred right now. So, but uh, we do distribute it in Ulta um, and they carry some of our nail polishes in their store. So very, very little in, uh, in retail. Okay, but you do e-commerce as well? We do. We do e-commerce direct, absolutely. Okay, so now with all of this that's going on, yeah. how has that, you know, so take us through, uh, the, uh, walk us through 
how, you know, once this started getting bad to, okay, everybody's got to stay home. How has that impacted your business? Yeah, it, it's, it's impacted our business. There's no question that it's impacted our business. Um, we've had to, uh, you know, we had to take some pretty big steps. For example, if you look behind me, there's nobody here. Um, we have, you know, myself, my brother, um, one other person just like, we've got payroll that we have to come here and still deliver. I'm trying to make sure that, you know, we keep everybody paid. Like that's my whole goal right now is getting people, our employees just paid, survive. I'm doing everything in my power. I don't want to, uh, go through, you know, laying people off. I want them to keep their benefits and their insurance. So my strategy is in um, that mode right now. It's for our team and our people. And the thing is, is that being in business for so long, Joe, is I know very well that the one certainty in business is that change is coming. And we saw that three years ago with, with our marketing you know, I, I recognize that we had to make a change. We adjusted and we changed, but also the unknown change of, you know, the, it can hit the fan at yep. any moment. And I always, always make sure to have backup upon backup upon backup so that like layers of backup so that if we get into a situation like we are right now, that we're going to be okay. And so as it stands right now, is it challenging? No question. Um, is it tough? You're like, there's nobody here working. Yes, but I've always, I always have that plan in place. You know, making sure our company is financially healthy has always been top priority for me and uh, stable um, so that we can deal with the unexpected. So right now the unexpected's here and we're dealing with it and we're going to be okay. Like, we're going to be okay. It's challenging for every company. Yes, um, and it is for us too, but we're going to be okay. That's great to hear, and, and <laughs> it's good, and that, that's a good note for any of the suppliers out there that are watching this, especially founder-led, you know, the importance of that preparation and having the yeah. backups and the financial kind of cushion to weather out these things that's without right. having to go into too much debt or, or, you know, anything like that. That's so, it. That's exactly it. So now with the salons closed, are yep. you seeing a jump in your e-commerce sales? Or? Um, we, well, we've always, for the, let me say this, uh, we saw a jump years ago because mm -hmm. we made a shift and in making e-com a primary channel of business. So mm -hmm. obviously we're in, we've been in distribution business for many years. So that's always been there. But e-com has never been a focus for us. So we've had e-com. Um, we had a major jump years ago. And obviously, through working with the Sasha Group, through content marketing, through the Vayner Mentors program, that business for us has been growing leaps and bounds over the last three years. Mm -hmm. So um, that's been nice. You know? So it, it, it's not like there's been a huge surprise you know, uh, because everybody's staying home and they're ordering online. We saw it, you know, years ago, and I'm glad we did. I'm glad we did. Um, it's, been, well, it's been huge for us. You guys were definitely ahead of the curve as far as 
content marketing. And what's interesting is, you know, in the conversations I've been having with buyers and suppliers and industry experts about how to kind of weather the storm, it keeps coming back to content, content engagement. And this is what you've been doing anyway before this all happened, which keeps you in a good position. But I'm sure even your content has had to adjust because there are certain things you can't do. You can't have groups of people and and you've shifted to more educational stuff. But I guess to, to, to step back a little bit, could you tell us your overarching philosophy as it pertains to content uh, yeah. in general, and then we can dig into specifics? Yeah, it's a great question. So the, the, the absolute number one key in content marketing for us is one simple uh, idea, and that is giving value every single time. And, you know, this is something that Gary talks about. And this is something that the Sasha group talks about, you know, uh, but it's such a simple concept, Joe, but it's incredible how little you see it out there. So, and when like we've, it's kind of in our company DNA, even when we were doing traditional um, marketing and even today, like, you know, we do a few trade shows a year still Mm -hmm. when we go to the trade shows it's still about giving value. Like when somebody comes to the booth, what can we do first? Let us show you a technique or something that you can do with a product that will make you 10 times the investment of the product. Like let's actually show you that. So that's always been in our DNA. We've just moved it into marketing, into content marketing. So that one thing, it's like, if I can create some uh, piece of content, whether it's an Instagram video a LinkedIn post and a YouTube video, whatever it is with the idea of how can I give that person like real value? Let me show them three ways they can make money in the salon by doing X. Let me show them five tips, five mistakes that beginners always make when starting to do nails. That idea of giving value is, is it's the secret. That's not a secret. You know what I mean? But it's, it's, um, people a lot, I see a lot of people, they, they, they really want to talk about, you know, themselves or feature, you know, look at this new product that I have and like, it's amazing and promoting, promoting, sell, sell, sell. And the thing with giving value is you're putting the person on the other side first. You're creating trust. You know, it's like, I'm going to show you for nothing for free. All you got to do is watch it, but I'm going to show you how to do X, you know, um, not even promoting our products. Just I'm going to show you how to, you know, increase your speed in doing a set of nails, like these tips and tricks. Now we're creating trust, and that trust, it, 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 not just from one piece of content. It takes, you know, it takes months, maybe even years. But once you lock in that trust, oh my gosh, the results are insane. So giving value is the overall theme for us in content production. Uh, I, it is so refreshing hearing that coming from a brand because I, again, I'm a big believer in that fronts when I started doing, and again, all about the audience, what can I do that's going to be relevant and help my particular audience? Same thing. And over the past two years of doing these video interviews, you know, cause we have those, you know, our in-person programs, well, not this month yeah. and next month, but right. So I've been, my pillar content, you know, has been my video interviews with people. Now it's obviously this. 
Right. Uh, so same thing. Actually, I'm kind of enjoying these because I could go longer and, and, and yeah. I'm more in the weeds. So I'm really, really mm -hmm. enjoying these. But, um, you know, and then I would take that and repurpose that and, and we get into that conversation. But it's mm -hmm. when somebody comes to me and saying, hey, your content about X helped me out. You know, I we did one thing with a colleague of mine where we did like, we call them ECRM supplier hacks, where it was just 17 videos of me awesome. and uh, this guy, Timothy Bush. And it was recommendations on how to get the most out of our programs, which include private pre-scheduled face-to-face meetings with buyers. Yeah. And one guy, I was in Budapest, at one of our European beauty sessions out there. And some guy came up to me and he showed me his notebook. He's like, dude, he's like, I got all 17 written down and we're going to use them during this. So that's amazing. Not only did he do that, <clears throat> but he had so much success. So he's gotten on the shelves of a bunch of retailers because of that. Wow. And he's been <laughs> back four more times to, you know, different sessions. So we benefited, but there's nothing that makes me happier than when somebody comes up and says, this helped me. It just, yeah. it makes me want to work harder Huge. at creating more, you know, and, and seeing you do the same thing. And it gets that kind of relationship that you just can't get any other way. Yeah. Like that's exactly right. value. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on, uh, you know, and, and in delivering this value, the one thing that I realized, and I think we're seeing a lot more of this now with everybody doing zoom meetings is that it doesn't have to be Perfect. You know, it's, Oh yeah. <laughs> I have a saying, you know, I like, and I probably, it's a version of, I know Gary's talked about this all the time, but done is better than perfect, yep. you know, and, and just get it out there. So what about, you know, your frequency and, and what you put into these, you know? Yeah, this is so good and it's such a great question. And it's really hard for people to wrap their brains around this because it's such a shift from the traditional marketing where you do a photo shoot and it would take seven hours and you get three shots and you're literally making it perfect. Then it goes into Photoshop and that was how it was done then. So making the shift into today's marketing is hard because people, they're still convinced, you know, I got to do the same thing, but just on these platforms, we put out 70 to 80 pieces of content a day. Okay. And wait, wait, say that again one more time because I want the yeah. audience to hear yeah. it twice. We put out 70 to 80 pieces of content across all platforms every single day, every single day. And I'm going to talk about exactly how we do it. It's, it's, it's going to sound crazy, but it's not as hard as you think it is. The reason why it's not as hard is because we don't get hung up on this idea of perfection, Right. That's the biggest time killer. People talk about it takes too long to do five posts a day. No, it actually doesn't. The reason why it takes so many people so much time is because they are looking at the picture and the photos for like 15, 20 minutes, <coughs> excuse, me. <coughs> excuse me, 15, 20 minutes, trying to determine whether they're going to post it or not. And um, you should see how fast I put out my posts and tweets. Like, when I go to Twitter, I, 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 we do seven tweets a day, right, on, on the Young Nails account. It takes me 10 minutes. Like, it's, but I'll, tell, I'll, I'll talk to you why. We have a system, and <clears throat> there's no thinking that goes into it. It's put volume out, 
see what works. You know, <clears throat> we, we, we analyze the content and then whatever's working, that becomes our uh, sort of like stepping stone into the next round of 70, 80 pieces of content. Mm -hmm. So over time, the content continues to, to get more, to get better based on the audience, uh, their opinion, not my opinion of what I think is good. It's based on their opinion. So we're, and, and the market is shifting constantly. I mean, it's like the ocean. It's like waves and and so when we're putting out that volume of content, the beauty is the information that we get on what the market is responding to. That helps us with product development. That helps us with more content creation. That helps us to understand in the comments exactly what people want and not on what I think they want, you know, because that doesn't matter. I'll give you, I'll give you a, a great example, Joe. So when we run Facebook and Instagram ads, because we're very, very, we're pretty heavy on that end too, we'll put out 50 to 60 uh, different pieces of creative, okay? And the beautiful thing about Facebook advertising is that Facebook optimizes. So depending on what creative is doing well, it'll funnel the money into that. And then whatever's not doing well, it won't. So it's, it's an incredible platform. So I remember uh, my ads manager came to me and he's like, hey, I've got these pieces of creative. Um, what do you think? And I was like, dude, these pictures, they're, they're not good. I don't think we should run them. And he was like, let's just run them. If Facebook doesn't like it, it's, it's, gonna, it's not going to push the money to us. I was like, fine. After the weekend, those three pictures that I thought were so bad and, so, and didn't look good and the color and all this stuff outperformed everything by leaps and bounds. And it was another lesson in, I don't know anything. I really don't know anything. The market knows everything and it's why I got to put out volume. Yes. So very interesting. I'm, I, I uh, agree. I follow the same thing. I have different kinds of pillar content. Uh, yeah. Usually it, mine is these now, you know, it was my <coughs> video interviews, but so basically I start with this. Right, I'll put the full-length interview on YouTube. I'll put, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll add an intro and I'll rip out, I'll record it, uh, rip out the audio. That's my podcast. I'll post right. snippets to promote it on different social media platforms. A picture for Instagram, and then later on, I'll take yours. I'll get transcripts of yours and all the other blog po uh, ones I did, and I'll turn it into blog posts. And the thing yeah. is, ninety percent of all this is done. Right there. Even yeah. my, you know, so this I'm doing on my laptop, but the file goes into my OneDrive and all the work I do on it is on here. I right edit there. the video and the podcast on my phone. I load it up through Anchor and, you know, and it's just, and I'm putting out, um, I'm doing two to three podcast interviews a day. That's I'm amazing. I'm posting at least one a day, one in the morning, maybe one in the afternoon on LinkedIn. And, uh, and then it's just, you know, it's, we're spreading it out over all of these different, uh, content platforms. Right. And the thing is I've gotten used to what I call band-aiding stuff together, you know, because like my process, and I think this is, um, important for, for suppliers to know, and, um, you probably do something similar, but a lot of what I do, because all I know how to use is iMovie on my iPhone. That's it. I don't know how to use iMovie on my yeah. Mac. I yeah. don't know how to use anything. But I don't even know how to use audio editing apps. It doesn't matter. 
I put everything, I save everything as a video, put it in my phone, then to record the intro to my podcast, I just shoot a video filming the floor, and then I stick it together, and I uh, edit it, save it, rip the audio. So, and, but the thing is, I'm able to do it so fast now yeah. that I'm surprised that you know it was that easy, and I can't yeah. really, it baffles me that not many people are doing it. I'm sure yeah. you probably see the same thing. It's and I'm sure you're getting results from these. It's driving that loyalty. It's driving that engagement. Oh, my God. We've grown. I mean, 2019, our company grew 40%. Like, that's ridiculous. You know? I mean, we haven't seen... It was the largest growth in our company's history. You know, minus the early, early, early days where, you know, we went from like a million to two million, you know, two like those early days, you can really see like this, like crazy exponential growth. But as you get bigger, it, it becomes very challenging to, to grow 40% is like, it's really hard. We did that, you know, and it's through um, all of this fine tuning and content marketing. And when I say fine tuning, I just mean, like, try this. I don't mean like, make it more perfect. I mean, mm -hmm. just like, let's try more stuff. And more experimentation is our fine-tuning process really yep. with, with content marketing but yes it has impacted our company in such a massive way yes. and that's really with with uh the guidance of the sasha group like they i came in with like when we them it was like we were doing some content marketing and we had that foundation mm -hmm. they literally poured gasoline and said it just it just exploded Wow, that's great to hear. It's uh, I've seen the same thing personally with us, um, and and it's just a matter of you know, like you said, that frequency, and you see what works, what doesn't. You do more of what works, and you just yep. keep doing that. And the um, the um, analogy I gave, you know, and the reason why I actually wrote a column called "When It Comes to Content, Done Is Better Than Perfect." The reason yep. why I did is because one of my team members had shot a video, a quick video at the meeting space of one of our suppliers talking about something that was very important. The only thing is, you know, we give two minute warnings, like the meetings are pre-scheduled. And uh, so there's a, there are 10 minutes in this particular room. And so there's a two minute warning to let everybody know that they got to wrap it up during the middle of the video. You hear the two minute warning and this person didn't post it because that was in the middle of it. I'm like, are you kidding me? They said great stuff around it just throw it up there and so then oh i thought God. i was like you know what to your point um it and rather than taking 30 days to create that one perfect video yeah create one video a day each time improving on the next this That's way right. by the time you get to that 30th one it's the same quality but you got 29 other videos doing work for you out there in the meantime yeah, I think it's a lot. It's hard, even in our industry with nail professionals, you know, we do, we do business building sessions and everybody gets caught up and I, wa I want to post the perfect nails. Mm -hmm. And I literally tell them, I say, go to our Instagram. Look how much we've grown on our Instagram. You know, we have 600,000 followers. And how do we get there? Not by posting perfect pictures, by posting good information that will help nail professionals. So we post videos that the information is really good, but maybe it's a little blurry or the angle's not great or sometimes it's hard to see. We don't care. The info is good. And the thing we'll get, we had one video, I remember, like uh, one of our uh, educators in, in the UK, she's, she had this video she posted and the quality, I'm telling you, was not good. 
and we posted it and it got over a million views because yeah. the information was its value. It was valuable information that people, they don't, they don't care. That's the no, thing. no. And nowadays <laughs> now in a world of we're all on, on uh, zoom and you know, sometimes yeah. someone has a bad connection. They're still watching it anyway. Look at uh, right. Gary V's tea times he's been doing. He's the first to admit he's look, he's got crappy lighting. He's got the yeah. people are still listening. They're still watching. And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. I think it's less, they're less and less concerned with that. And I think they're finally waking up to, oh, the value that delivers is more important than the production value, you know, the production quality of it. That's right. So take me through the platforms, right? Because I know you just did an educational thing on Instagram because I snapped, I screenshotted it and posted it as an example. So yeah, take me, we'll start with Instagram, but, and then walk through the different platforms and, and how you kind of approach them as far as type of content, frequency, mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah, so I would say <clears throat> I would say Instagram is our kind of our, our main. Um, Instagram, uh, we do uh, we do right now. We're doing right now. We're doing lives every single day because the nail professionals they can't work. So we're doing a one hour free class daily on Instagram Live. My brother is heading that up um technique all everything and people are they're loving it going crazy but on instagram our focus is we do six posts a day on main feed and we do anywhere 13 to 20 stories a day and the story like main feed is is you know going to be educational and um pictures of nails and uh uh, different techniques short short form videos Mm -hmm. on stories um we're going to maybe drive them to let them know about LinkedIn, Snapchat, um, YouTube videos that we're posting daily, maybe Twitter. Um, and then also it's kind of a, uh, what's happening maybe currently at Young Nails. You know, we'll do a lot of like just fun, um, real pictures, what's happening, what's going on. We haven't done that in the last couple of weeks where we've been trying to figure things out um, over here at Young Nails. But um, for the most part, that's what we do there. YouTube is long form content. We post seven days a week, every single day, a new video. It's on uh, education, nails, different types of techniques, and also nail business. So we do two, two uh, videos a week where we talk nail business, how your nail business it could be marketing, it could be dealing with clients, anything. Um, Snapchat, we do about 10, 10, 11 snaps a day. That's kind of similar to stories. LinkedIn on Young Nails, we do about four posts a day. Um, what else is there? Oh, what TikTok. about personally? What about uh, oh yeah, from your personal account on LinkedIn? So my personal, I I try to get a a post a day on my personal LinkedIn, personal Twitter, and personal Instagram. I try to get about a post a day. Um, my main focus is really on the brand it's on young nails to make sure that content is consistent and out there Mm -hmm. mine is more supplemental you know i don't i don't do a lot of personal there's an argument for both whatever works for you right if you want to focus on personal brand um if it was an ideal world and i could reverse time if you asked me i would go all in on personal brand and then let that be the top of the funnel and kind of, kind of like how Gary does mm-hmm. totally makes sense to me because if you do that, no matter what you do, you're always bringing your, your followers with you on any journey, you know? So it's a little bit more of a risk to have the focus on the company first, but 
that's just the way it turned out for us. But still, I try to do a post a day on my own personal. Um, our TikTok, we do four posts a day there. Um, and then, you know, like on the YouTube, uh, the videos, we rip the audio, post them to podcasts. So we have that twice a week. And then those get transcribed into two blog posts per week. And then we go into the blog posts and grab little sentences, one-liners, and those become tweets. So, and then what we do is we go into the tweets and look at the most popular ones and we, re, uh, we redo them for Instagram posts. So we combine pictures with tweets and we just experiment and start using all these platforms together to create more content. So it's that whole repurposing thing. It's that, it is. And, and I think people don't realize how much content they actually have on hand. Yeah. And that's one of the things I talked to Mark Evans about on video was, you know, there's so many assets that you don't know about. You know, like you said, right. you're turning all of this, repurposing it, pieces into different things relevant for the platforms. And uh, they do have so much stuff. They just don't realize or look at it that way. Uh, and then I think the other thing is, and I've seen you do this, is the document don't create. Yeah. Uh, you've been doing a lot of documentation, especially before this, uh, about what has been happening on uh you know, when you, I think, that I remember you were running classes or something in Europe, and yeah. you were just documenting that, and uh, so talk yep. about that a little bit, the, the importance of it, or, or why you do it, and how you do it. Yeah, it's, it is, it's a go-to to create content, so it is, so if I, if I'm like, oh, I'm going to post on Instagram, you know, a lot of people, they're, they always say like, well, I don't know what to post. What I do is I say, what's happening right now? Like, not like big picture, but just in this moment, you know, I could take a picture, I could screen, I could screenshot this, I could post that on Instagram and just telling people what's going on. Like having an amazing conversation about marketing and creating content with Joe on, uh, it's going to be posted on LinkedIn and probably be a podcast. Please check it out. That's a post. So I always go to what is happening, whether it's, it's challenging times, what, whatever it is. Um, exactly. <laughs> so I just, did, I just did what he recommended. I took a picture of him. <laughs> totally. And like documenting is, is it's a great way to, to, um, to stop overthinking, you know, like what should I create content? It's, it's, it's so much energy to figure out what's the perfect post or, you know, I need to tap into my creative juices, just document. And here's the thing. A lot of people say, well, that's boring. My life is boring. The thing is, is that once you, you have to do it and keep doing it, and then you'll start to make the tweaks, you'll make it better. But nobody starts posting immediately, and it's like incredible, amazing content. Like, it takes time. Yeah. So, but you have to practice it, you know? And I think people think... They see these influencers, they see people with millions of followers, and it's like, oh, well, they take a picture and it gets like a billion hits, and it takes time. So start with documenting, start with talking about what's going on in your day. How are you feeling? Talk about your business, you know, talk about your nail business or whatever your business is. It's interesting, you know what I mean? People want to know what's happening with, with your business, and that's how I get the content, honestly, even with our vlogs. I'm always like, well, what's going on in the business right now? Okay, we're going to challenging times. I talk to the camera. I'm used to it now. Mm -hmm. But when I first started, it was, it was hard, you know? 
but I just flex the muscle and you keep doing it like working out. Yeah. And you know, I think it also develops a mindset where you, over time you would recognize content opportunities a lot That's easier. It. And totally, man. you know, anybody that is in doubt or thinks it's really hard or is worried about what they're going to look like on your first video, look up Gary Vaynerchuk wine library zero zero one. Yeah, it's a great it's video. First it. video that he ever yeah. did, and he's the first to admit that he looks like a hostage, like in one of those, <laughs> you know. And you know, but the thing is, we all start with one follower, That's right. and it's consistency and time, and it's just, you know, one of the reasons why I got started putting myself in front of video is, you know, in the beginning. So we have a lot of a big sales team, a lot of account management. Well, now they're called yeah. client success managers. They're category based, you know, so we have, we have uh, grocery, which is, you know, maybe 28 programs and, on food and food service, snacks, candy, booze, all that stuff. Then we'll have health and beauty care. So that's about 18 skincare, hair care, uh, cosmetics, fragrance, bath, vitamins, you know, general merchandise, pets, toys, all that. Then we have pharmacy. So each one's got a division, salespeople, uh, client right. success managers. And I would do regular LinkedIn when I would visit the home office. I do regular um, LinkedIn kind of training for everybody, best practices and stuff. And then I was realizing one thing that we were bouncing around was the idea of working with influencers. And then I was just like, you know what? Forget that. We're going to be the influencers. It's like all of you guys collectively know so much about your respective categories that if you just put yourself out there, so I was like, you know what, if I can make an ass out of myself on camera, other people will feel more comfortable doing it. Yeah, so I started doing the videos. I would do the video interviews and then I would do the selfie videos at home, just, you know, here in front of, you know, yep. in front, I got my backdrop at home. So I, I work from the home office, so it's a little different. Yeah. And then it just, the feedback and the, the you know, it just blew up and, and it started working where now there's maybe 20 to 25 people throughout the organization that will do regular video posts that will get in on the game and and it's, you know, they're seeing results. They'll put up a post and all of a sudden they would get a bunch of supplier registrations from it. And they're like right. and they just they're now it's kind of in the beginning beginning it was a little resistance and then yeah. it kind of flipped once they see, oh, you know what? I'm here because of that content. And right. and it's just amazing <clears throat> to see the change. And then also when I would get one of our guys to participate in like a video which wasn't easy in the beginning but then it's always the same reaction once they're done they're like wow that really wasn't that bad yeah and and i find what's helpful is um having a new york accent because everybody <laughs> i have a real blue collar queens new york accent and so everybody who's going to sit next to me is going to feel very comfortable because everybody sounds smarter than i do so <laughs> it had the inadvertent effect of making people relax when they're next to me, which if you're filming with someone for the first time, yeah, they're nervous, you know, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. Totally. and I learn tricks along the way. Like if somebody is very nervous, I might screw up my intro on purpose right. this way. Right. And I'll just see their shoulders go like this afterwards. Cause it's like, well, he does this all the time. You know, and I'll, I, I posted a blooper reel of myself. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's like, yeah, that's great. We're all human, you know, and, and so for me, it's been an interesting journey and because and, uh, I'm learning new things along the way. And I think this is going to change it now that we're all home oh, and yeah. people are stuck. They're, 
getting used to being on digital. I think we're going to see more of it. Um, you know, I how, agree. Are, are you seeing that too? I mean, with your audience, your your the nail salon uh, employees or nail techs. Yeah, we um, uh, when we do our lives right now, we're seeing a much bigger audience, and the response is crazy. So. Um, we're, we're definitely seeing that, um, even in our YouTube videos, the consumption is higher right now, which makes sense. Everybody is yeah. at home. So, um, yeah, completely. And, and I think this is a, it's a good, um, it's a good maybe wake up call for people of like, you've got to put content out because in times like this, even though, you know, for us, like obviously it's impacted our business, mm -hmm. but we're still able to stay connected with our audience through all of this. Cause when we come out of it, you know, it's, it's, I feel like we're not going to, you know, we're losing time in terms of business, but in terms of staying connected, I think we're going to see a lot of that business come out on the other side because mm -hmm. we're able to stay very connected to our audience. So con it, you got to create content. It's just, yeah. it's huge. And I think now, like you said, now more than ever, you got to, because <clears throat> the people who are, what you're doing, we're like the, those educational videos that you were just doing the live uh, right. uh, Instagram lives and all that. In addition to providing value, you're creating right. a lot of goodwill with your audience. Right. They're going to remember that when this is done and they're thinking of, you know, who am I, you know, going to work with? Right. You're going to be right over, right in the front of their mind because you've been there this whole time versus somebody else who's just kind of watching Tiger King. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which I still haven't watched yet, but I oh think I'm going to have to. <laughs> it's insane. I, I'm not done with it yet, but it's I'm almost done. It's ridiculous. Yes, it's, I, yeah, I'm gonna have to do that. And yeah, just you know, check it out. But uh, but I found that my role because again I work from home all the time. But so I'm used to this. But I'm busier than ever because what happened was right. So we have those in person uh, meetings. We also right. have a Range Me platform which is uh, digital product discovery for buyers. So it's okay. like 250,000 suppliers and then thousands of buyers are on there. But now with this happening, we had to postpone all of our April yeah. and May <laughs> programs, the in-person right. ones. And that's like, uh, like almost a dozen. So we needed to come up with something uh, to help the industry because our buyers and suppliers, so on the buyer side, they were like, oh, well, you know, one is supply chain issues. You know, they got out of stocks they need to fill. Two is they can't travel, so they can't meet anybody in person. And three, the retailers, the buyers have no time. So on the supplier side, they had no access, you know, because of, you know, so we, we all put our heads together based on that. And what we did is we launched two weeks ago, which, and they're happening right now this second, a digital version of our in-person meetings where we'll get... Yeah up to 20 buyers, like the one going on now is hand sanitizers. So we're, yeah. you know, we're also addressing the essential categories that they need yeah. to find. So they're called efficient supplier introductions. This one is all on hand sanitizers. We got 20 buyers and 10 suppliers, each presenting 10 minutes each. So, but I needed to put out content explaining these. And, and you know, I put out some content on doing an ideal Zoom presentation which, mm -hmm. by the way, I didn't deliver. I interviewed somebody who knows how to do that uh, because I'm no expert. But I interviewed somebody who is an expert uh, who does uh, packaging design and product development. 
who's done hundreds of Zoom product presentations to people. And she, you know, I did interview her about that. So now I'm busier than ever, even though our traditional things aren't happening. But because we pivoted, now it, there's so much content around there that, yeah. uh, you know, and then doing the podcast, which I tell you, this has been one of my favorite things, these podcasts, because it's just, they're one, they're fun. Two, I'm learning so much. Every yeah. time I speak to someone like you, I'm just getting so much information. And then three, content-wise, I mean, this is, this is repurposing gold. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Re repurposing is the absolute, like, like you said, it's gold. I mean, we, the amount of, I mean, we have a shoot, you know, we shoot on Mondays, <clears throat> we shoot on Mondays on Tuesdays, we go through all the content and watch it and we time code everything for snippets. Okay. So, um, we'll shoot four videos on Monday. So that's the first thing we shoot four videos in like a three hour session, right? We, we're, we're moving, we're cranking. We're not focused on perfection. Then the next day it's the videos are viewed and they're literally time coded. And then by Wednesday they're chopped up and dropped in a file and everybody's responsible for their own platforms. They go in there when they grab it, they color code it, you know, that it's used for Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok, whatever grab post. I mean, that's how exactly these, these long form pillar content videos are repurposing gold. Yeah. And, and how many, what kind of a team do you have? I, I know you don't have like 30 people like Gary Vito, no. but like what kind of a team do you have working on this? I know yes. you're involved a lot personally. So yeah, I, well, uh, in, initially for the first like two and a half years, it was myself, my brother and uh, one other person, our, our GM, Tracy, um, Tracy Ryerson. It was the three of us putting out just loads of content. I was literally not sleeping for two years. Um, it was, it was cause I was, <coughs> I was learning how to do it as well. I was learning how to shoot and edit, you know, videos. Yeah. I'm not an editor, but I learned, right. I had, I went on YouTube and learned how to use final cut pro so I could cut these videos together. And then as, as it started getting, you know, insane and I wanted to get more volume, I wanted to start scaling it. Mm -hmm. Um, we started to bring people on. So we, the first person that we hired was a community manager, somebody to handle all comments um, on every single platform and respond to everyone. So that's um, a good point, actually. Um, people keep forgetting that responding to comments is content as well. Oh my God. It's the first people, people said, why didn't you bring on a, a videographer first to take your place? Because in my opinion, it wasn't the most important thing initially. The most important thing was keeping everybody engaged, you know? So, community manager was number one. And so we hired somebody to, to answer comments, DMs on all these platforms. And, you know, I mean, we get hundreds and hundreds of comments on each platform every time we post and we're posting five times a day on Instagram, six times a day on Instagram, plus on YouTube, plus on Twitter. I mean, it's, it's a full-time job. So that gives us the feedback and information of, you know, developing new content. So that was the first move we made. Um, then the second move we made was we brought in a designer, um, amazing guy. Uh, we got very lucky. He actually used to be a part of team Gary. Um, he left as soon as he left, I jumped all over him, man. And I was like, do you want to work for young nails? I don't know. Like I didn't even leave room and, uh, we were lucky to hire him. Um, he came on in August and then my final move was bringing on a videographer and editor. And then I relieved that. So, 
Uh, now we have a team of, um, oh, then Ramon as well. So there's like eight of us now, nine of us, I think. They're um, actively working on creating and distributing content. Yeah, I used to be the person like driving all the content and I literally almost stay out of it now. I let them do their jobs. I don't, it's funny, the number one question <clears throat> in the beginning when people start is, okay, so you want me to send it to you to review? And I, my answer is no. Just what, what good is it if I review? I don't like post it. Yeah. Then let the market review. Mm -hmm. And they're always like, really? And it's, yes, post it. Habib, can we try this? My answer is always yes. They, they know now. Like, can I try? Yes. Can I put yes? How about we experiment with it? Yes. The answer is always yes. Just put it out there. Let's see if it works because the market's the one that's going to judge and then we'll determine if we keep doing it or not, you know? So that's how we developed our team. But community management, people don't, people ignore that. And it's, it's the first hire. It was my first hire on our team because it's so valuable. People don't even, oh my God, they, they don't even understand how valuable that is. It's, it's so huge. And, and it's, um, you know, I'm the same way. I, I, you know, because my job is just content. So I, yeah. I play a role in, in all of those creating and engaging, you know. And I agree. I mean, I uh, actually wrote an article about that too. It's like, you know, I forgot what they call it. Don't just sit there, respond to comment. You know, something about that. But it was just one, every one of those comments, they took the time to leave it. They're interested. Talk about a warm or hot lead. You know, oh anybody who's going to engage you is somebody, you know, so it's just, and I, I told, when I would talk to the sales staff, I would say, you know, it's like, how many calls do you have to make to get like five people actually have a conversation with you? And then if you, how, how much better would it be if you post something and have those five people come to you? That's right. And, you know, and, and then you can have quality call. So it's just, it's, and people don't realize that when you respond to somebody's comment, it makes them feel good. It's like, yeah. wow, they paid attention to me. So it's not, uh, um, people view it as, as tedious or they'll just like, it's like, no, don't like the comment, like yeah. it, but put something and yeah. not acknowledge them. You know, we used to, we, we used to do this. We used to, for every comment on Instagram, we would like the comment and then we would make sure to comment something back. And if somebody had a question, we would obviously respond but our community manager, she was so fast at responding and commenting back that Instagram thought it was a bot and they blocked us. They, they were like, we're giving you a warning. You can't use third parties. And I, I, I sent Instagram. I said, we're not using. I said, this is an actual human being on our team that is responding to every comment. They blocked us. She kept going. They blocked us for a week. We couldn't comment anybody oh. for one week because they thought it was a bot. That's so I like, I actually had to tell her, okay, you can't comment back on every comment on Instagram now because you're too fast. Just read, you, know, you can like the comments, but read the ones and, you know, use your judgment on which ones need a response, but read everything and consume them. But we had to stop. Like it was, that's did how you, important it is to us. Did you ever think you would have to tell somebody that they couldn't do as thorough no. a job as they were doing? <laughs> no, it's totally <laughs> insane. We were all laughing about it. I was like, oh my God you know, but, um, it's, that's, that's where we get product development ideas. That's where we get understanding of what, what our, our market actually wants. 
new content ideas at all. It doesn't come from us. It comes from the comments and the DMs. Like we have a whole running list um, of notes that gets updated weekly. And our community manager puts in, she writes up a report weekly of what the wants and needs and interests are of everybody on all of our platforms. When we, when we go in to shoot a podcast, okay, what are we going to shoot today? Bring it up. This is what people want to see. Boom, let's go. That's, that's how we do it. They're asking you. They're asking you. They're, you know, it's like, you know. Give them and, what they want. And the thing is, it's one of those things that is, should be so simple to understand. It's, yeah, yeah. They're telling you what they want. Yeah. All you got to do is then give it to them, but they that's don't right. even, a lot of people just uh, ignore it and, and, you know, they'll leave comments hanging. And that's, I'm like, if we were sitting together uh, having dinner and I, you're talking to me and I just sit there like this. <laughs> Nothing. How would you feel, you know? And they're like, well, that would be really weird. I'm like, well, you're not responding to these people's comments. It's almost the same thing. It's like, yeah. like they took the time to do it. And it's like, well, you know. So, um, so yeah. So, um, to wrap up, um, yeah. one or two recommendations for brands that are stuck right now in this whole thing to kind of stay engaged. I would just this is the biggest piece of advice that we always give and it's based on our experience and what we do but the biggest thing that we always tell people that are having problems starting content is just focus on like showing them something that works for you right like like that simple idea of giving value so like for a nail professional for example we'll tell them is they're like i don't know what to talk about or i don't know how to create content why don't you show them why it's so important to prepare the nail and clean it properly before you do application? Consumers want to know that their nail professional understands their their trade, their their uh, their job, and if you show them a level of expertise, they're going to want to come to you even more, and it's good content. So, but it's giving value. It's giving people on the other side value. Just start with value, like. What can I create that's going to help somebody? You know, I can show them about my, you know, I, obviously in my industry, but I can teach them maybe how to make more money, how to do better, how to become more efficient in their job. Focus on that first. That's, that's the biggest thing I would say. Excellent. So, and, and uh, you know what? They have the time to do that now. They can focus on now. educating and that's doing right. that, especially if they are in a segment that's not as busy now. You know, if they're, if they're, selling, they're, if they're selling hand sanitizer, they're a little busy right now. Right, but right, other right, industries right, right. might have, at least for the time being, they're going to have some time, leverage it to do this content. So Absolutely. this has been great. I mean, I can literally probably sit here with you for hours and go over <laughs> I know, it. I know, we could talk. Yeah, yeah and you I know, we, we definitely, next time you're in New York, you let me know, we, you know we'll get together. 100%. And uh, But in the meantime, you know, stay safe. And thank again, you. thank you for all the insights. It was awesome. And we Thanks should too. do this again soon. Anytime, man. I'm down. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you.